Hi everyone, you're hearing from me straight up this week for two reasons. First of all, an apology for the quality of my mic in this episode. It's a little bit echoey, had some system issues at my end. Uh, It's absolutely audible, it is just not at my usual standard. David Hampton sounds great and whatever that issue was has certainly been resolved at my end now. Secondly, you may not have have caught the news that this year I will be hosting a YSP live event, the first of its kind. I mentioned it in the very first episode of this year, episode 93, which was released a couple of weeks ago, and I've encouraged listeners to pre-register for the event. Details are yet to be finalised and announced, but it will be around about April 2018 in the Sydney CBD area an evening seminar style event with myself and some very special guests. Now, if you want to be the first to know the further details and have access to tickets as soon as they go on sale and before they sell out, head over to yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash live and you can pre-register for that event there. Many of you already have. Thank you very much. And you also have the opportunity once you've registered, you'll get an email from me, which encourages you to let me know what topic or topics you would like covered on the night, what burning questions you'd like me and our special guests to answer for you. So definitely take up that opportunity to pre-register for the event, yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash live. Now on to my interview with David Hampton. Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome, I'm Amanda Farmer and this is Your Strata Property. With over 30 years experience in the services sector across five countries, David Hampton joined Smarter Communities, formerly Vestia, in 2015 after leaving his CEO position at leading strata specialist insurer CHU. David has previously held roles from CEO, COO, general manager to country head at several global blue chip companies, where he earned a solid reputation for successfully driving growth and profitability. He believes in harnessing the potential of people, growing capabilities and providing opportunities for people to be their best, an integral component for a growing business striving for excellence. David holds a Master of Economics and a Bachelor of Business from Macquarie University. Today, I am delighted to welcome David Hampton from Smarter Communities. Welcome, David. Thank you, Amanda. You make me sound very old and very clever, which I I can uh, vouch for the age, but I can't uh, vouch for being clever. But like most people, I seem to have stumbled into Strata by accident. So I've been involved, I suppose, for about five or six years now in Strata. Yeah. And love the people, love the industry, love the potential. Yeah, good on you. And definitely well qualified to be in this sector, helping those who most need it. Now, I've mentioned there that Vesture 
has evolved into smarter communities. And I want to kick off our chat today by uh, talking a little bit about that, if you can. What was that switch about? And what do you say that means for the strata communities that you're serving? Yeah, we looked at our branding across the country and simple little test, if you walk past our offices and you saw our branding, would you be enticed to actually tap on the door? And clearly, we look like lawyers, accountants <laughs> and other bits and pieces. And and I said, if we had a, a shop in a Westfield shopping mall, how many customers do you, do you think would get dropping by? So the answer was pretty close to zero. <laughs> and we also looked at the heritage or the background of strata it really came out driven by the regulations, company secretary, financial control type aspects and functions. And that's the heritage. That's where we've come from. But if you project into the future, you look at what we do now. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, the range of issues that we have to deal with is ever increasing. Mm. And the depth, the knowledge that's expected of our people to serve customers is increasing. So we looked at that. We looked at our branding and other bits and pieces. And we thought, well, we needed some colour. Let's make it a bit sexy, a little bit, you know, more about the people that live in the buildings. You know, like all strata managers, you'll hear us say quite often, our life would be very easy if all we had to do was manage the bricks and mortar. But, you know, the people aspect is obviously an important part of it. Mm. And you look around the world, I mean, Australia is the most urbanised country in the face of the planet. We've now got this densification occurring. Mm. So we're really just catching up. I mean, you go to New York, London, you look at the apartments and, you know, you try and find freestanding houses. So, mm. you know, we're very lucky. And as I say to our staff quite often, how would you like to be working on a Ford or a Holden plant in Australia? You know, it's pretty depressing working for an industry that is not growing and is not being challenged. Mm. We're being challenged every day. We're growing every day. And as I said, the length and the breadth of knowledge that's required. We're on a smarter journey in our business. Um, we think the industry needs to do this as well. Yep. And as I say to my colleagues in the industry and people, I said, the problem with our industry, we have this much work to do and we have this many people. Mm. What's our industry response to that? Mm. We know we need to bring in technology. We know we need to innovate. And we just need to get smarter. So in our business, anything we're doing now, we just apply a very simple test. Is this smarter? than the way we have been doing it. Easy to say, hard to do, Amanda. Yes, I, I'm sure. Now, I was at an event for Rockend for their uh, Strata software and they had a, a panel and we were discussing that very question of finding people, not just enough people, but the right people to do this very difficult job that is strata management. Uh, You've got to wear many different hats. I liken it to being a, a project manager. You don't necessarily need to know how, you need to know who, you need to know when, you need to know when you need help and the right people to reach out to. How do you find these people? How do you attract these people to your business? And how do you keep them in what is, I think, an increasing competitive market where we see strata managers moving from company to company, obviously being made some very attractive offers. Uh, they are in demand. How are you attracting them and to use your, your new brand, how are you being smart about that? Yeah, look, it's an interesting question. As I said, the fundamental issue in strata as it's practiced now is the shortage of labour. Mm. The cost of labour, people is very high. And it's an industry, as we know, nobody rings up to have a chat to say thank you to you. <laughs> so it's a, you know, sometimes I get 
emails from committee members, chair people and so on and so forth. And, you know, being a, a blokey Australian guy, you open it and you want to, you know, you want to sort of respond this way. Then, of course, yeah. you realise we're dealing with customers here. I mean, it's not an easy problem to solve. And I think that one of the big issues or the, the immediate consequences of that labour shortage is customer service standards are just going through the floor. Yeah. I mean, people don't have enough knowledge. I mean, and, and look, we do it in our business. We haul people in. Some of them have experience. Some of them don't. We'll dump a 1,000 customers onto them or 2,000 mm. and we expect them to be able to swim immediately. So I personally think the way that the role of a strata manager is designed, it's almost designed to fail. There's not enough specialisation. I mean, one of the big issues we have in our business right now, and everybody has it, is NBN. Yep. So we've got 130 strata managers across the country that know this much about NBN. Yeah, a tiny bit. And every day we expect those people in the front line to be able to service the information, you know, knowledge requests of our customers. The reality is they can't. Yep. You know, so we're looking at things like, well, take them off the daily production line, some of these things. Yep. Give them to specialists, yep. service providers, internal or external, mm -hmm. and make sure there's connectivity using technology there. Mm. You know, one of the things the industry doesn't have, and, and, you know, for those of us who've worked in other industries, there's no task management or workflow management in Strata. Mm -hmm. The core platforms that we use, the systems, don't have workflow technology. What do you mean Our, by that, workflow management? Well, it's I used to work in investment management and life insurance. So a piece of work comes in or a piece of business, it might be a new policy or, you know, uh, an adjustment to an address or something, it gets assigned a task number. Right. So at any point in time along the production line, you can work out, well, how many things are parked here, how many things are parked here. So you can, as a, you know, running an operation, you can get an idea of where the log jams are. Mm -hmm. In Strata, our workflow tool, pretty consistently across the industry is email. Yes. 85% of our workflow comes through email. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how many emails you get a day. I seem to get about 100, 150. Mm. We've got some people that get more of that. Absolutely. They're not necessarily equipped to know how to handle that. I mean, mm. some of them just hear the little ding and that's the most recent one and that's what they'll attack. Mm. But, you know, we don't have good workflow tools. We've got some tools that trawl through our emails to understand what's happening and what's not happening but they're very blunt type of instruments. So some of these basic things, you know, we're looking at retooling our business to introduce basic workflow. Mm. And that leads you to be able to automate and you get people to self-serve yeah, because sure. everything that gets logged is given a task number. It sits somewhere until it's resolved. It sits somewhere in your systems and your tools. So some of these things are pretty important. Mm. I think specialisation, mm. um, you know, we probably have – two or three hundred million dollars of building defects at any point in time across the country. Mm. We don't have a specialist team yet. <laughs> we have people that, you know, oh, well, I'm working on this building here. It's a six million dollar claim. The legal fees are now 1.5 million and it finally gets sorted out and settled. Mm. But, you know, that's in New South Wales. There's someone in Victoria who has the same problem, but we don't necessarily get our people together. So I yes. think specialisation is important. And if you get, you know, if it's a seamless sort of pass through of a task to a specialist service provider, then you can look more at the front end of your business to employ customer service people mm. or, as you say, project managers. At the moment in my business, I think we're too much like call centre operators. Yes. You know, it's like here's a problem, we're being reactive. Yep. You know, what do we need to do? And, you know, the industry – I hate to admit, doesn't cover itself in glory. Simple things like the management services agreements that we use. Mm -hmm. 
And these are SCA, you know, approved, so and so forth. I look at some of them, the pricing combinations, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure whether to laugh or cry. <laughs> and, you know, I have our people in Victoria, we use the, the standard SCA agreement. It's got four pages of pricing yeah. algorithms. Yeah. And, you know, our business development people say everything goes swimmingly well when we sign up a new building until we give the committee the yes. contract. Yes. And then we get 20 million questions. Yeah. So, as I said, as an industry, we've allowed these tools and we've used them to create a lot of uncertainty. You know, there's a scarcity of knowledge anyway in our industry with our customers and even with our staff, Mm -hmm. but we've got to solve that problem. We've got to get down to, I mean, I just look at the journey the banks have been on Mm. and how clever are Australian banks. They're not really banks anymore. They're just service propositions. But, you know, I do all my own processing with my online bank. I can do investment management, foreign currency. I think I pay about $100, $150 a year fees. Mm. But the bank never has to do anything. No. And I think I only call the bank maybe once a year, but they're constantly upgrading the tool for me. Mm. And you know what? They've never had to give me any customer education. Mm. You know, the yep. app is pretty intuitive and I can work it out myself. And so this is the path that we want to go yeah. on. Is- I think you're right that Strata is growing up, or at least a certainly time to grow up and to recognise that we do have this exponential change happening in our sector and we've got to think about how we work with that. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you come back to customer service, that's good customer service and good high-touch personal relationships are things that I agree will never be outsourced. The management of, of, as you say, the bricks and mortar and the day-to-day and the processing and all the things that we can liken to our banks those things can be sent offshore, can be outsourced. The owner is able to log their request for a trade, pay their levies online, check in on their the status of their books and records, all of that stuff. And, and I believe strata managers, the role will change, that they won't be the managers of records and the managers of tasks, but they will be the managers of people. And I think you're on the right track trying to focus on that with your team to make them excellent people, excellent strata managers as people, because that's going to be the point of difference that they'll be able to provide as the industry grows up. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the reality is the market's been growing by 10% per annum for the last sort of five or 10 years. Mm. This is a trend that's not going to turn around. And we know that once you build these large buildings, they don't get demolished because there's too many of them. I mean, so it's an issue that's here to stay. So we've been scouring the world looking for technology tools that help you know, disparate groups and committees and things make decisions. And and one of the things that we came up with, which is, you know, a little bit tangential, but in the Netherlands, they have an application that helps you do a divorce settlement. Yes. And some of us have been through divorces. The the financial settlement's always the hard part. So the courts in the Netherlands now say, before we'll issue you with the decrees of, you know, divorce annulment, marriage annulment, you have to demonstrate you've been through this app. Mm. And I presume it's an iterative type thing, but, you know, we haven't found that magic tool yet, but we haven't given up on it because we know if we can get smarter decisions made quickly, they're fair and reasonable, they're very transparent, we can then get on with the implementation of those things, get the service providers in, get the money paid, get lots of transparency there, self-serve, people can see what we're doing with their money. It gets down to the dynamics of how do we make decisions. Mm. 
you've got to provide better information, better quality, more timely information. And, you know, once again, we don't cover ourselves in glory. Sometimes I see on the printers out here reports, you know, this thick that are going into owners' committees. Yeah. And, you know, I started life as a bean counter. I go through them, I get very confused. <laughs> and I say, what's the message we're giving to these people? Why don't we produce dashboards, very simplified things that just focus on the exception? So there's a lot of things that we're trying to do in our business and I'm sure the industry's trying to do it. You've got some new software platforms that mm. are in the process of being developed and we're all sitting here waiting with bated breath for all these things to happen. But, you know, I mean, you made the point, you know, what makes a smart community? The first thing is do people care? Yeah. Right? And it's very old-fashioned yep. um, and it gets back to trust. I'm a boy from the bush originally. I, <laughs> I still go out to get things done in the country because I know the service providers. Yep. You know, here in Sydney, if I say, here's my car, I take it to the local mechanic, I say, start at the front, start at the back, I could get a bill for $5,000. Mm. If I do it in the country, it's probably a few hundred dollars. But mm. So how do you as strata managers build that trust? There's no silver bullet, but as I said, as part of our journey, we need to provide more relevant information. Mm-hmm. You know, even self-service, letting people put things, numbers and things in themselves – that actually helps build trust mm-hmm. because people think, oh, I've put these numbers or this information and now there's some analysis that says I need to do this. That helps build that trust because it's, well, I've been involved in this whole thing mm. and a machine's telling me I need to do X, Y, Z. So in financial services, this was done many years ago, you know, get people to put their own numbers in. Mm. Frank the handle, you know, like an mm. investment. And as long as, I suppose, as long as it works and it produces the result and it meets the expectation, then you're going to build trust, you're going to build loyalty. So if you extend that to strata management, if the service that you're providing is solving a problem, regardless of the way it's provided, the platform that you provide it on, it's identified the problem, it's solving the problem and it's reliable, then you're going to be building that trust, Yeah. I think keeping the promise, that's the important mm. thing. And, and I think once again, I think we get about 6,000 emails a day. I'm in sure. Our business, right? <laughs> and we, we send out about 4,000. But it's interesting, our customers expect us to reply on the same day yeah, or with sometimes within 20 minutes. Now, mm. when was the last time you contacted Telstra? <laughs> I try to avoid right? it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's either a very lengthy interaction or – i found in the last maybe 12 or 18 months my best conversations with Telstra have been with a bot, yeah, like a robot. And yeah. I actually didn't know it was a robot. And I remember saying, oh, gee, this is very helpful. So, yeah. you know, one of the things we don't do in our customers, they don't like this when you say, look, your email is important. Thank you for this. We will respond within five days. Mm. It drives them crazy. Mm. But, you know, if we actually delivered our promises – I mean, if someone said to me, this will be ready in five days, and you know what, they delivered on it, yeah. I'm not fussed about that. But where the promise is, yes, we'll get back to you straight away, mm. and then after a couple of days, you're ringing back, you're ringing back, that's where we get frustrated. And, you know, in Australia, as we said you know, at the outset, the cost of people is very high. Mm. You know, it's 70 75% of our costs in our business, and, you know, we don't do anything offshore, we do everything onshore, so on and so forth, but... You know, we've got to work out ways that we can work smarter. Mm. But it's interesting, the way of the future is probably voice activated. 
Yeah. I mean, I've got a Google Home, you know, in my home. We've oh, got cool. some Google Homes here and some and little robots in the office that are walking around listening to people. Nice. You know, and we want to eventually, I suppose, I mean, Google's taking a big bet because at the moment people want to type and mm. see something on the screen. Mm. The Google Home and, you know, uh, Amazon's got similar propositions. It's, well, talk to a machine mm. and then listen. Yep. So, you know, at home with my Google Home, I've linked it into my diary. So when I'm having breakfast, I say, hey, Google, tell me about my day. Ah, I and like it, it says, well, you've got a meeting at 10 o'clock. You go, but I don't have a secretary anymore. I used to have a secretary always doing, you know, travel itineraries and inquiries. And yeah. I sort of think that Google and these tools will end up – I mean, I can book a flight with Google. Yeah, I sure. can, you know, book a restaurant and other bits and pieces. So – it could be the power of the voice in the ear. Mm. It might make a comeback because it might save our thumbs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I certainly, uh, when I'm on the move and have maybe a coffee in one hand and a, and a four-year-old in the other, <laughs> I'm certainly dictating to my phone wherever I can. And it's, yeah. it is a really powerful tool. And I, I like to imagine how that might convert into our sector. Do we see uh, general meetings, strata meetings, that we've got a, a little Google bot that's sitting on the table and listening to the meeting? And, and perhaps jumping in when it needs to with answers, with advice and guidance. Well, they can be real smart, Alex, too. They're good people to have around trivia. Uh, <laughs> okay. But see, we looked at things like oh, a couple of years ago, how do we get service delivery into a building? And, you know, well, wouldn't it be nice if you could put an iPad in the foyer yeah. and no one would steal it? Now, in Australia, <laughs> the problem is people steal things. And we've actually seen industrial strength screens. But, you know, with a Google now, maybe you just put it in the ceiling. Yeah. And people come down and say, look, I live in apartment 35. Yeah. A pipe's just burst. Can you please fix it? Love it. And, you know, those sort of things. And I think the other thing too is, as I said, we've got a lot of people in the industry working really hard. We've got a lot of people who don't work very hard. They delete <laughs> emails and other bits and pieces. But what I like about the industry, it's it's been seen as very boring and very laborious, but mm. I think there's the challenge and there's the opportunity. Yes. You know, to haul it into the into the next century, yep. get customers doing things themselves. Yep. And, you know, the whole education and trust. We've done a lot of work on what's the ideal customer experience yep. in Strata. Yep. And we always come back to the best customer experience is when you never hear from your Strata manager mm. and you never hear from your customers because things are humming away. Mm. And this is what the banks have achieved with their apps and their platforms. Yep. We, we don't complain to the banks anymore. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I was angry with a bank. And I remember 15, 20 years ago, you think, oh, they've made a mess of this. And But now, if there's an error in sending money to someone's account, it's, I made the error. Mm. So who am I going to get angry with? So mm. I think some of these things yeah, are quite for sure. clever. And I think on, on that topic of, of trust and, and particularly of understanding what it is that you guys are doing as strata managers, I think the fact that that you're here talking to me on this platform and all of our listeners are having that access to be able to understand who you are when you're, you're managing these, these large companies and what you experience every day. You're a real person. You get it. You understand the problems on the ground. And maybe, maybe five, ten, probably less years ago, they wouldn't have had that opportunity. So just being able to listen to you and you tell it your way, I think is really valuable. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, the problem with technology is we can't really envision what it's going to do. But I just look around at the strata landscape, 
there's so many more buildings, there's going to be so many defects and, you know, <laughs> if and when the, the property bubble bursts, I think it'll probably be led by strata because of oversupply. Mm. But, you know, things like, well, what's a waterproofing membrane? Mm. You know, I mean, all these other things. And I say to our guys, I said, who's going to come through with the mop and bucket and fix all this stuff up? Yeah. We've got to position ourselves to do that. We've got to be seen as fixed people. We've got to be transparent. We've got to get specialisation in. And, you know, I mean, you're, you're a lawyer. When someone buys an apartment, they don't really know what they're buying, it, no, do they? No, no. And, and yeah, even and when you tell them, they don't know. <laughs> well, it's funny. When you start talking about airspace, they think you're some Doctor Who nut or something. <laughs> you know, like it's like the TARDIS. But I remember when I was at CHU, we had some businesses over other parts of the world. And we, we looked at writing a policy for South America. Mm-hmm. And we looked at it and I said, I wouldn't write any policies down there because nobody knows who owns what. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty simple test. If that wall falls over, who fixes it? Yeah. Now, we're very lucky. We've got very clear definitions of common property and stuff. A lot of people don't understand it. But mm. in South America, the answer was whoever has the most money. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody really could give me clear answers on who owns what. Yeah. You know? And we collaborate. We've looked at businesses in the States, in, in China, in Germany. I mean, everybody's got the same sort of issues. Mm. How do you get communities to work together? How do you get them to make smart decisions? Yep. And trust always comes up. As yeah. When you ask someone overseas who's running a business, you say, what's your number one issue? It's trust. Mm. And that comes with money, I think. You know, that that's, mm, that's sure. part of Yeah, that you're managing their money. Yeah. Now, we unfortunately are running out of time, David, and I'm, I'm really enjoying this very wide-ranging conversation with you, but I don't want to miss out on asking you the book question. What books have had the greatest impact on you and why? Look, I still have nightmares about David Copperfield because I didn't do ah. the, the six essays over the school holidays <laughs> when I was a younger man. But I actually I don't read all that much, to be honest with you, for leisure, but Things that I've read, I mean, biographies, mm. or particularly autobiographies of, you know, people who've just been pretty ordinary people who've done extraordinary things. Yeah. And as I said, I'm pretty boring in some ways like that, but I just admire people who've achieved so much despite the odds. And, mm. and we all know what it's like, you know, success has many fathers, failure has none type <laughs> of things. So I, I can't, I mean, I've read you know, Winston Churchill, some of the, you know, these sort of things and other bits and pieces, but mm. I can't say any one thing stands out. But yep. I like people who've achieved things despite the odds. Yeah, they're fabulous stories to read, very motivating and to uh, to inspire us to reach those heights uh, in our own lives as well. I think biographies are always a, a really good place to start. Yep, absolutely. All right. Now, how do our listeners find out more about you, David, and anything you'd like to add before we wrap up? No, I mean, we think the space is exciting. Most of us at our business bounce out of bed. I mean, sometimes we make a mess of things, we get that. (laughs) But, you know, we've got a a clear journey we've embarked on. We we know we need to invest in it. If you want to find out more about us, smartercommunities.com.au. I'm not sure whether my phone number's there, but I, I always, I'm a boy from the bush from a family of talkers. So, <laughs> really? I, I, I wouldn't can, have guessed. <laughs> I can talk the legs off an iron pot. <laughs> well, it's lovely to chat with you today and I'm sure our listeners have enjoyed uh, what you've had to offer. I'm sure we'll have you back because um, getting stuck into these topics and each of these uh, issues that we've talked about in a bit more depth, I'd really like to do that. So I hope you'll uh, have that opportunity for us down the track. 
No problem. Okay, thanks, Amanda. Thanks so much, David. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? Thank you.